Welcome to the Innovation Conversation, a podcast about innovators, both in business and real life. Hosted by myself, Ricardo Pesqual, and Harry McDonough. Today's episode is sponsored by Hyperskill. Hyperskill is a learning and training platform that enables people from all over the world to learn new tech skills. If you're looking to learn new tech skills, this is a platform to choose. You can find out more about them on hyperskill.org. Today, we are talking with Chris McAdam, one of the founders from getaheadmindset.com, an app to help athletes and people like you and me work on their mindset to achieve their fitness goals. Chris, welcome to the Innovation Conversations. We're very excited, me and Harry, quite excited to have you here. Could you tell us a bit more and our listeners about um, Get Ahead? Yeah, of course. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. Great to be here too. Um, So Get Ahead is an on-demand sports psychology app. Uh, The whole idea with Get Ahead is that we help athletes of all levels Mm -hmm. reach their goals with tailored mental training plans. Cool. Harry, I know you're quite a sportsman yourself, so have you ever found anything like this in your uh, sporting career? No, it's a really good app. I haven't seen it personally, so I need to definitely download one. But it's, it's, it's a. I guess, what is the journey? Where did you come up with the idea? Because I know you're trying to revolutionize or be a game changer in the market, and I've never seen anything personally. And it's mm. something that's really needed, and I guess now as well. Yeah, well, it's, it's funny because sports psychology is not a new concept by any means. And I guess the, the origins of Get Ahead was my co-founder Adam's business. So he's a sports psychologist. Um, so he would coach uh, teams and individuals on sports psychology and uh, a friend of mine from a long time ago and we actually I actually used his services when I was training for things like an Ironman or Mm -hmm. during my rugby playing days Um, and I just thought you know it's unbelievable what your mental side can do and the power of the mental side and it's just such an underutilized skill Mm -hmm. and you've got these people here sports psychologists who of giving out all of this amazing these tools and these techniques um, for you to use and it's not scalable the business because it's you yeah. know it's a one-to-one usual um, way that sports psychology is done and um, so my background uh, I worked at KPMG for five years over in Hong Kong played rugby over there at the same time um, got interested in the kind mm-hmm. of startup world um, and then moved back to the UK and I was, you know, doing some strategy innovation consulting, understanding how to kind of grow and scale businesses and kind of come up with new ideas for businesses. And I thought, you know, I've got this these skill sets that I have around creating businesses. Mm-hmm. And I've got this passion for sport and exercise, particularly the mental side. Yeah. Um, so how can I kind of combine them? Um, and my co-founder, Adam, was, you know, he's looking to scale his business and it just came at a perfect time it's, it's quite interesting because i think most people don't realize how much of it is not just about your body is actually the mental side right mm. so top top sportsmen will always have a very very strong mental side yeah and that's literally what makes the difference what's that footballer's uh, name uh, ibramovic the the crazy one with long hair yeah, yeah ibrahimovic, ibrahimovic. Yeah. yeah yeah you can see his mental game is strong right yeah. or, or even uh, completely different example but for example Schwarzenegger every time he would talk about his competitors you could see his mental game was super strong yeah. that does make a difference so how are you what tools are you allowing people to use in your app so how is this helping them exactly yeah so it's probably important to um, make a note though the current version of the app that's live at the minute is the MVP that we launched last year okay and you know we had a we had a bit of traction it wasn't as much as we were hoping for we were going direct to consumer which um, 
you know, we couldn't scale that. We didn't have the funds to do the marketing behind it and everything. So what we're, we've been doing behind the scenes for the last six months to a year is collecting loads of feedback, working with different psychologists and, and brands and events and gyms. And we've now got a really clear roadmap of what the next version of the app's gonna be, which is gonna launch in January. Mm-hmm. Um, and the kind of tools that we're using within the app to help people, um, you know, the, the, the whole idea is we're creating mental training plans for people. So within a mental training plan, you'll have tools like goal setting, visualization. I don't know if you're familiar with any yeah. of these. Um, you know, we have some imagery tools. Uh, so most of it is audio guide and then activity based. Okay. So you can actually put the theory into practice because that's one thing mm-hmm. that we feel is missing at the minute. You hear a lot of stuff about, you know, confidence and motivation and it's just people saying stuff. Yeah. There's not actually any action there. You can't actually do anything to work on it. Mm-hmm. So that's the whole idea of a mental training plan. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are some of the kind of tools that we're working with. Um, got one one of our psychologists, Robin, who's been amazing in creating uh, one of the, the training plans for us. Um, yeah, he's got some amazing stuff in there like uh, you know, pre-race routines for mm-hmm. people who are competing in um, events, yeah. um, which is you know so important when you get to an event and you're really nervous and uh, you kind of anxiety takes over and you can really have a horrible time at a sporting yeah. event. It, it, I'll say, what's the age range for for your app? It'd be quite interesting because nowadays it's not going from 18 up; it's actually starting at the ages of even four or five. If you look at the professional football circuit, especially in the UK, you're bred young you are seen as a commodity and being seen as a commodity, it's all about you know, how good you are, what is your value, yeah. how do you really stand out in the market and yeah. having this, let's say, mentality to be number one at the ages of four or five and not getting there, <laughs> it could really impact you, you at can, a later yeah. stage and it's quite a, let's say, a ruthless market and something like this would be very interesting to yeah. individuals at a younger age just to help them, guide them through all these emotions mm. that they're going through because again, they haven't understood their body, mm. their mentality, what's going on, what are these emotions, why do I feel angry, why do I feel upset? So it's, uh, you see, it'd be interesting. Yeah, I think academy sport, particularly football, is, like you say, it's brutal, it's ruthless. Um, and they are commodities, and they, they don't get the mental training that they need. And a lot of people, unfortunately, you know, it's a top 0.1% of, of kids mm. that are going to make it. Um, and those that don't, you know, they've, they've put their whole lives on this this vision that someone's told them from a young age and and then it's all gone so yeah, I think that, that's a kind of separate conversation I feel like in itself mm-hmm. is some huge market that needs to be tackled I know there's a few companies and um, charities out there that do look at that but we'd love to explore that idea with uh, academy football I think it's it's such needed so what market. type of market feedback are you getting so far from the people already signed sign up for the app but also from your investors, how, how, is it, how is it going? Yeah, what's, what's um, good to hear is that people love the concept mm-hmm. um, and then it's just about executing the concept yeah. in the right way. And I think that's been the difference between the MVP that we launched mm-hmm. and the next versions coming out now. Um, we might have been a bit naive in thinking that you know, we've got all the answers the first time around and I'm sure a lot of people have that mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was an expensive, I don't want to say mistake because you know we learned a lot from it, but um, yeah, I guess it's it's just being able to execute the the vision um, in a way that kind of balances 
the theory behind psychology so that we're doing something that actually works and what consumers want because that's been a bit of a gap previously the reason that i think sports psychology hasn't been that accessible one because it's not that scalable the tech hasn't been there mm-hmm. but two is because um it's not that consumer friendly the language that they use uh, so that's one of the things that we're trying to bridge with this second version yeah it makes sense because i think a lot of people nowadays are doing Ironmans and you're doing the Spartan races and all these mm. type of things, right? But to get into the right mindset to actually go out and, and do it and commit to the training uh, you know, program you need to do, it, it's actually quite hard, isn't it? It's not forever. And I think the mental barriers is always the hardest thing. I, I'm you know, speaking from, from experience here, but getting into the mindset, okay, I need to go to the gym, that little mental, you know, I guess, uh, switch, it's quite hard to get into that, that mental space. So you guys kind of help people saying, okay, What's the next step? How can I get there? And what's the support available, right? Yeah, it's exact, exactly that. And, and setting up the right goal at the start is, is one of the most important things. Mm-hmm. Um, like goal setting, everyone talks about goal setting. There's loads of different ways, like smart, yeah. open, you know. Um, but what we try and do is create a, a structure that people can set the right goal for them mm-hmm. in the right way. And, you know, if you set a goal that's really, uh, really high and you don't achieve it, it can crush your confidence. Yeah. And also, if you set a goal that you know is, is too low for you, and you know, you just find it easy, and you get bored, and mm-hmm. you switch off. So it's finding the right balance. First of all, is I think it's it's crucial. Definitely. I was, just, I was also going to ask. I know we've spoken about the mental health journey. What about the startup journey as well? I know you, you spoke previously about finding your founder. You've had mm-hmm. all this past experience working at KPMG in the startup consultancy space, and you, your say so your colleague or your founder they came up with the idea. What's been the steps so far to implement and put everything into place, i.e. taking your knowledge and his knowledge and, and kind of putting a business together? It's been a, it's been a long journey. Um, the, I think the first thing we did was uh, we actually sat down, I think it was in Green Park um, a few years ago, and kind of the first thing that happened was scribbled down some uh, ideas for an app mm-hmm. on a notepad. That was like the first kind of things that we did um, and then from there you know we, we thought we'd start cheap and we created a web app um, which we tested with a few gyms and it got mm-hmm. pretty good feedback so we put all our money into creating the MVP app um, and then yeah and then it's been family and friends round of investment to get us to where we are now. How hard is it to raise investment? I think that's always because like, obviously <laughs> Our audience is mostly founders, so how hard is it to actually go on that journey? Oh my god, yeah, it's, it's much harder than than you think. Um, much harder than I thought. I think, yeah, again, a bit naive mm-hmm. going into the process. Being having like a strategy background, you know, you can cl- you can set a clear strategy, you can set a clear plan. You know exactly what you need to do. Yeah. Um, but then when it comes to it, you know, uh, and I've been on so many of these kind of webinars and and talks and stuff that people go. All right. If you want to get angel investment, you need to email or cold approach. You know, two hundred, and then of those two hundred, ten percent will get back to you. And of that ten mm-hmm. percent, you set up meetings with five, and of those five, two will invest. Yeah, it doesn't work like that. No, not at all, yeah. <laughs> I've emailed, I've approached way more than two hundred angel investors. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I mean, the journey's been tough, um, uh, but what I will say is, every time you get a a no or mm-hmm. Um, I like come back and speak to us when you've got a bit more traction. Um, 
hopefully you get another idea to to work on. Um, so you think the feedback you get from from the nose is actually quite important as well? Yeah, definitely. I think there's definitely been some angel investors that uh, have been quite brutal, but it's mm -hmm. been it's been great. I like I, I really need to hear it because uh, yeah. when you're kind of by yourself working on stuff head down, you kind of think that this is the right way, this is the path I'm going to make it, and then someone goes, actually, <laughs> you're way off. And you go, okay, right, okay, <laughs> need to fix that. So what advice would you give to people who are kind of starting their journey in terms of going out to get, get investors, but, only, but also how to have the resilience to go from failure to failure until you get to that success? Well, not to plug get ahead, but it is definitely a mindset thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, if, you can, if you can approach something like a no mm -hmm. with the idea that it is an opportunity to get better, I think you're on to you have to winning start there um, it I'm not saying it's it's easy because it is a long slog um, mm. and you know you can get to like a second third meeting with an investor and then and then it's a no um, which which can be demoralizing but I think yeah, any advice is just yeah try and be optimistic try and mm. see the positives from every every no or every um, even even like uh, other founders that have got investment, like see what they've done, um, see what they've done well, and what can you learn from them. So it's not just your journey; it's, it's you know being on the lookout for others as well. Mm. Look look at it, not only competitors, but look at the market, look what everyone yeah. else is doing. Just get some ideas. Yeah, how much are you raising right now? Uh, raising half a million. Um, mm -hmm. We've kind of put a pause on the funding round just because we got a bit of investment to. Um, create the second version of the app okay. and all the feedback from some of the VCs in particular um, that we've been speaking to you know they're desperate for traction yeah um, so we're waiting for the next version of the app to be live when we've got a few of these partnerships that we've got in place mm -hmm. to be able to scale a bit more get a bit of credibility and just you know yeah I think the app the way it's set up in the next version um, is perfect for our B2B go-to-market strategy. Mm -hmm. So we can just keep on adding plans and adding plans continuously. Um, so what's the price point of these plans? So the monthly plan, um, so it's, it's basically going to be a monthly and annual subscription. Um, monthly is 9.99 okay. and annual is 89.99. But all of these partnerships that we, we go to, you know, will offer discounts um, based on how many members we can attract from them. Well, it's quite cool actually, because if you think about people who do, will have a need for this, will be naturally very competitive. So yeah. anything they'll give them the edge, right? Um, <laughs> they'll be up for it. Yeah. And sometimes people spend a lot of money buying, I don't know, different protein shakes or, you know, little supplements or something like that. And then you have this app, oh, well, I never thought about my mindset. Is it the correct mindset right now? And then, oh, it does make a difference, yeah. right? It's funny that you mentioned the nutrition side, because the way we like to think about um, the sport and fitness Mm -hmm. landscape is in four parts it's the physical training the nutrition the recovery and the mindset mm -hmm. and those first three that I mentioned they're all huge markets in their own right yep. um, but mindset is relatively untapped within sport and fitness and everyone talks about how mindset is the most important part you'll mm -hmm. see everyone say you know it's all about mindset mindset makes the difference and then you go okay so what are you doing to train your mindset? <laughs> it's all left to chance. It is. Um, yeah. And I feel like post-pandemic, you know, people, 
were a lot more aware of their mental health mm-hmm. and um, it feels like the conversations shifted away from mental health hopefully more towards mental fitness um, and yeah it feels like we're in a good position to to cater to people who are looking to improve their mental fitness and getting into these more kind of niche communities like sport and fitness mm-hmm. um, yeah that feels like we're in a we're in a good position no it makes sense I think for example one of the the, the people I try to follow on on Instagram is a guy, a guy called David Goggins. I don't know yeah, yeah, I know David Goggins. Right. I mean, I don't know him personally, obviously, but he's but a monster. Yeah. He's a monster. But what's impressive is his mindset. I know if you ever came across him, Harry, but he's he's super committed into things. But not only that, he has this mental game going on all at the same time, and I think that's ultimately what I look for when I'm trying to find some inspiration, something like that is someone with that mental game so I can learn those techniques yeah. and apply it to my daily life, yeah. right? And that makes such a huge difference. So I'm just thinking, you know, download the app, I'll become a customer, like, yes, I can see myself maybe doing an Ironman or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Because then I have, I, I can understand the process, I can set myself goals that actually are measurable and achievable and all that. And yeah, that makes yeah. perfect sense to me. Yeah. And it's, uh, like David Goggins, is, uh, he's definitely got one book, but he might have another one. I think one it's just actually the second one. Oh, I see, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, again, the thing with something like a book is it's great, it's personal mm-hmm. journey, but your journey is not like that. No, every no. athlete or every person is unique. And the idea behind you know, a tailored mental training plan is mm-hmm. it, it speaks to your strengths, your weaknesses, yeah. um, your schedule, your sport, your goals. Uh, so I think, yeah, yeah he's, he's a beast. <laughs> um, and he's verging on unhealthy. I think yeah, it's, it's to be too much, yeah. Um, so he's, he's also come from that background of being quite overweight, wasn't he? Wasn't yeah, he was. He was overweight, and then he he wanted to go into the Navy SEALs, so he lost all his weight. I think in one or two months, he was like cycling every day, like absolute maniac. That's also the mentality, because then he's yeah. also got warped mentality, which is he never wants to go back to that state. Because mm-hmm. individuals often in that state either get bullied yeah. or have very yeah. low self esteem, and now they have that confidence, and that confidence keeps on growing and growing, and yeah. the head gets bigger and bigger that you're not, not on the, the verge of being like God's gift but yeah. you're up there isn't it you're untouchable everyone wants to listen to you and it's something that they're not exposed to in their life so mm-hmm. again it's a new concept and it's, again it goes back to mentality but the one question I'd be quite interested in is how would you be retaining people on the apps itself because you spoke about mentality people being really competitive and getting out there but mm. is there any gamification features on there like facebook's thumbs up and the notification yeah you know, keep people on the apps for long periods of times yeah. reward them kind of mm. say oh you haven't been in here you know come back you loser yeah. <laughs> that's right yeah there's um with the gamification we've got um a few kind of nuggets dropped in there the idea of like taking off a plan is obviously slight gamification um, you set up an, a mental and emotional profile to start with which helps to tailor your plan based on um, your particular profile uh, and every time you do a module or every time you complete a journal entry mm-hmm. they alter um, so another way of like gamifying stuff is you know you've got a score that you need to improve yeah. and if you miss a session or um, you know if you score yourself lower on certain stuff then it goes down as well so it's it encourages people to train more often. Would this um, be online, open to everybody, like an actual score sheet? Well, this, this is the <laughs> like, thing. Like this Strava, the thing that, is it Strava? Everyone can kind of yeah, see. Yeah, this is the thing that we're still kind of debating, and it's something that we need to speak to customers about: is how much do we want to bring the community into the app versus mm-hmm. outside of the app? Because at the end of the day, it is your mental state, and is that something you want to keep private? 
Um, we could split it in, in regards to more personal approaches kept private, but then if they're going down to the fact they've just done Ironman mm. or they've really done the app, you want to start using it for marketing pers- uh, mm. from a marketing perspective as well. So yeah. there could be two splits, one personal side and two, that scoreboard to say this guy's used the app and he's done 10 Ironmans or he's suddenly got promoted to here or he's really pushed it hard. Tyrant, 10 Ironmans, I'm assuming it'll be uh, <laughs> quite well, there's, some, there's some people who do it. There's yeah, a, yeah. Was it someone who done, was it 20 marathons? A day or something from years that, ago. It, 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 the it Iron was, Cowboy. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was, the Iron Cowboy. I think he did. It was fifty and fifty in fifty different states. <sighs> fifty and fifty days in fifty different Everything, states. Yeah. And then he did the documentary on it. And then there was big backlash because he, obviously, he's he's, he's literally about to die. And he had an <laughs> IV drip yeah. just to keep him alive, basically, while he's wow. on a treadmill doing another marathon. And they got massive backlash. People saying, you know, you're a cheat and all of this. I don't think he was cheating, personally. But so he did that, and then I think he's now gone and done a hundred in a hundred days. Or well, something no, that's, like that. that's a bit too much. Yeah, I'll be you in no time after your first time, <laughs> man. You'll get addicted. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably. The thing is, I, I quite enjoy cycling and swimming, so I've I've been playing around yeah. with the idea. Yeah. Uh, but it's mostly me cycling like a maniac and then going for very very long walks and thinking. Mm. I could still go for a swim. Yeah. But that only happens in a very, very warm summer day. Mm. And then I'm happy. But I'm yeah. not sure if it'll work that well. We've got the Thames River down there. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That'll be awful. Uh, yeah. Or Hyde Park. A lot of people go to Hyde Park, right? Yeah. I, I basically walked my run leg of the Ironman because mm-hmm. um, I, uh, so I had a six-month training block mm-hmm. and um, the first week of the training block it was a 10k run and I hadn't really done much running background was in rugby mm-hmm. I hadn't really done much long distance running so first 10k run day after my knee was a bit sore yeah. um, so you know gave it a bit of a rest did all the cycling and swimming um, tried to do another run and it was I literally couldn't put any weight on it it was mm-hmm. so sore went to physio they said you've got IT band syndrome rest it for a couple of months and I'm like well I've got a six month training yeah. block I need to be running so rested it tried to run again same thing couldn't put any weight on it Mm -hmm. so they gave me a cortisone injection and it had a flare-up so it made it even worse so again couldn't do any running it got to the week before the Ironman all I've done is one 10k run Mm -hmm. the guy gave me another cortisone injection another (laughs) flare-up so I got to the start of the Ironman and I'd done one 10k run obviously confidence is pretty low did the swim, did the bike, loved it. It was in Norway, it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then it came to the run, and I literally couldn't put any weight on my leg. And oh, I've, got to run an iron, I've got to run a marathon at that yeah. point. So it was literally just hopping and walking the whole way. And you managed to finish? I managed to finish. Not the time I wanted, obviously, but I finished. Yeah, it. but still, mentally, yeah. that is a Oh my God, yeah, that's, a, that's another thing that um, Adam, my co-founder, mm-hmm. I was on the phone with him the night before, yeah. and he gave me some great um, mental prep going into it. It was... You know, write down long form all of the reasons that you're doing this today, tomorrow. Sorry. Um, so I wrote it down, and he said, "Give me a call back in half an hour." Call him back half an hour. Mm-hmm. Right now, make it into five bullet points. So it was quite tough. Yeah. Made it into five bullet points, and he said, "Now make it into one word." And I remember when I eventually wrote the mm-hmm. word down, I was like nearly in tears because oh, it wow. meant so much. Mm-hmm. And then he went, right, put it right down on a permanent marker on your hand. And every time you feel like you're just look dipping, at you yeah. just look at that. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> that is brilliant. That is absolutely brilliant. It was so good. It was That's so a good. good strategy. Well, it does show that it comes down to 
if you believe in the actual business itself because it's had a, a positive impact on your mm. lives then no matter what you do with the business even if it's you know success it's success if it doesn't go to plan you always love what you're doing because yeah. you'll learn so much from it but it applies to your life and experience and you want to kind of share that with everybody else as well so it's, yeah. it's a really good story yeah. and it's a great lesson for all the entrepreneurs listening to us <laughs> right because they, they can focus on actually why the, why are they doing what they're doing yeah and put in bullet points and then put in one word mm. and just have that word on top of their minds, right? Yeah, I think it's a good exercise for everyone to, to go through. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. So you did manage to walk 40 kilometers? It was, it was a hop for about, honestly, about 5k of hopping and then walking for 10k and then I kind of got into a jog, the drugs kicked in yeah. and, uh, and then kind of, I think by the end I, I did sprint over the line, but <laughs> it was, uh, yeah. That Agony. is very impressive. That is really, really impressive. Yeah. Agony. Yeah. So I'll be quite interested to also find out about your partnerships because you mentioned mm. you had some big names that you've got on board mm. to really help grow your brand and get out there mm. into the market and prove validation. How easy is it or how hard is it in the market? Because the sports industry is so competitive, mm. so many ads, so many people trying to get out of there. How, how hard or how easy was it for you? What, what's actually um, quite refreshing is it feels like a, a bit of a non-compete product for a lot of them because we're not, you know, we're not an apparel brand. We're not a um, supplement brand. Um, we're not offering physical training. So people I do speak to like, love the concept, um, really want to work with us. It's just getting something in front of them, which is the next version of the app that's live. Mm -hmm. So it's all, it's these conversations always delayed until we've got something live. Um, <clears throat> but I mean the conversations have been great so far um, some partnerships you know especially the bigger ones they're they're not right for us at this time mm -hmm. they're looking for yeah. million pound deals to sponsor events and that's not what we're yeah. looking for yeah it makes sense it's also important I think for, for companies to find the right partners for the right moment right yeah because some of them will show up like you said when you are very very big but others will be there for from the beginning mm. all the way to the to the end or until we sell the company and that's kind of what matters mm. i think finding those companies and being able to form those relationships of trust with those individuals yeah. that does make a difference right oh 100 percent like trust is a massive thing but it's also um like spotting the opportunities where's the growth at and someone like hyrox who's Mm -hmm. on our list and hopefully we'll be working with them in January yeah. um, you know they are growing so fast and it's such a popular sport right now um, and you know yeah you got to be targeting the ones that are growing not the ones that are shrinking so yeah but that's kind of our strategy right now it's a strategy, yeah. and then what industries are you going to be looking into I know we, we spoke about it before the podcast and you said it was a very very broad array but which which what are going to be are going to be the main focuses for you? Is in which sports? Which sports? And fitness. Which? Yeah, um, I think this is something that we're going to have to kind of put a wide net out there and see what comes back to us. Um, I know like, we're very limited on resources, but what we have found is fitness as a sport in itself. Things mm -hmm. like CrossFit, High Rocks is growing massively. Yeah. Um, running is probably the biggest sport. <laughs> there is right now um, that's huge so it's definitely going to be fitness space the running space for starters um, and then just because of Adam and myself's background in rugby we'll try some feelers out in the rugby world mm -hmm. um, 
and uh, yeah, and then trying to kind of go from there. Actually, one more is uh, we're gonna try and do some stuff in the bodybuilding space. It's a good space. So, that's, that's probably one of the, the the fastest growing, just outside of CrossFit. But there's also large amounts of uh, let's say mental health in that area as well. Because yeah, yeah. often you find individuals go into bodybuilding mm. later in life or early on, but yeah. that is a, a very very toxic industry with. Mm heavy use of steroids is is very heavy use of steroids either at a very young age or a later stage in order to kind of get onto the circuits yeah but even when you get onto the circuits the reward isn't as great as people think Mm. because winning those competitions you don't get tens of thousands it's only when you hit the uh the big boy stages like eddie hall and 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 all of those that's when you get the real money and real fame and glory but you get a nice stand for the event right you get a nice stand (laughs) (laughs) but your body is uh completely destroyed from the whole thing and uh, that weight and that mass because uh I don't know if you watched the Netflix series with Eddie Hall in there. I haven't, no. no. It's a really interesting one because he's, he's over 30 stone. And even though he's... So for people who don't speak that type of measurement, how much is 30 stone in there? It's probably over 135, <laughs> 40 kg plus, yeah, you would say. It's definitely over that, yeah. And having that way, he's, he's showing it. Even though he does these competitions behind the scenes, he has to have sleeping apparatus. He has to have mm. people resuscitate him. And doing all of that just to kind of get to where he is, wow. that requires such strong mentality. And it's a really good story to look into because his background is, doesn't come from anything fantastic, but where he is now, you give your hat off because that is yeah. an amazing mm-hmm. journey. Yeah, one thing that um, Robin, one of the psychologists, um, uh, told me is psychologists aren't actually allowed to work with uh, people who are on steroids. <laughs> I think it's like yeah. a code of ethics or something. <laughs> so... Yeah, that would be an interesting space to get into. But there's there's a lot of, like, you know, for example, footballers. There's a lot of footballers who actually have therapists just to kind of help them navigate the whole space, right? Because mm. it, it is hard. Yeah. I remember a long, long time ago when uh, when Portugal won the, the European Cup, um, the guy who scored the goal was saying, hey, the only reason I scored the goal was because I visualized me scoring a goal mm. here. Mm. And yeah. no one kind of knew his name before that. Mm. It was like, this guy, who, who's him? Uh, but he did manage to score a goal. And then the, um, the therapist who worked with him became this gigantic figure uh, back home in Portugal because you know she was the one that managed to get him there. And everyone was very impressed with it. So mm. it does make a difference, right? Oh, massively. Yeah. yeah, I think that uh, an important distinction as well to make is, I know you said therapist there, but mm-hmm. um, the way we like to think of um, like what the space that we're playing in in, yeah. in mental health, mental fitness is, if you think about a spectrum from minus five to plus five, Mm-hmm. Um, kind of everything at the minute and all of the kind of mental health training is getting people from minus five to zero so just getting them back to neutral yeah and that's not the space that we want to play we, we don't want to be play, playing play. with kind of mental ill health we're mm-hmm. not counselors that's not our space we're getting people from neutral or even a little bit before that all the way up to plus five mm-hmm. okay so it's all about the kind of mental fitness side of it to get to the performance level where you yeah. should be yeah yeah yeah, and, and just being able to enjoy it as well. I think that's another another big thing is a lot of people will not get into exercise mm-hmm. or not start a journey because they've had a bad experience or they don't they don't quite enjoy it. But yeah. you can there are tools and techniques to make you um, flip your mindset and, and really enjoy the experience. Yeah, a couple of months ago I started going to gym a lot and I was like, I hate this, not for me, but actually it's quite a lot of fun. And now yeah. I'm completely addicted to it, which is good. <laughs> uh, still don't look amazing, but at the same time, just going to the gym on a regular basis gives me the the clarity I need on my my life, and that makes a big difference. Mm. And I think with, with an app like yours and that type of training regimen, 
it does help you overcome some of the barriers you have set up for yourself because you think, okay, I'm never going to do an Ironman. It's just not for me. I'm never going to do a race. Mm. But actually, if you have some coaching, some training, you can probably get to that stage because there's not 100%. much difference, right? 100%. Assuming you, you can move everything. So, I don't know. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I think uh, that's one of the big things that, um, that I kind of start out with is I can't do an Ironman. And that's the exact reason why I wanted to do an yeah. Ironman is because I thought I couldn't do it. And the next challenge was a marathon distance swim. I was like, there's no way I can swim 10K. And then, you know, you, what I enjoy is putting down a plan and ticking things off mm-hmm. on a daily basis. And then until you get to the, the final, um, well, the race day. And then, you know, all the work's been done. And that's what is enjoyable. It's, you've, you've put in the work and you've had the dedication, the discipline to get to that starting line. You almost kind of swam across the channel. <laughs> I think it's I think it's thirty k across the channel, but mm-hmm. as soon as I did that, I had a few friends saying, "Let's swim across the channel." Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. you can do it in in teams. Actually, you can do it in um, like a boat takes you, and then you just kind of mm-hmm. swap in and out. So it is it well, is on the cards. Who knows next next year for some maybe yeah. <laughs> so as we come to the end of the podcast, what's next on your journey? Next will be getting this version live in January um, I think the new year rush with everyone's new year's resolutions could be a great mm-hmm. time yeah. for us to, to get it live um, get these partnerships in place with this new version of the app so setting up you know high rock specific plans and um, more partnerships after that that's going to be huge for us then it's going to be hopefully the funding mm-hmm. <laughs> funding will come in and then it's growing the team um, and yeah, expanding in the UK to start with. It's going to be the we got target of twenty five thousand downloads next year. Um, I, I feel like that's very doable with the the strategy we have in place. Um, hopefully, we can get a lot more than that. And if people want to find you and reach out to you, how can they do so? Um, well, we're getaheadmindset.com is the website, um, and then at getaheadmindset for social handles, and I am Chris McAdam. Um, LinkedIn would be good for anyone um, looking to connect perfect Chris thank you very much for your time here it's, it's been a pleasure and we look forward to downloading the app and trying it out and yeah, doing our first Ironman I don't know about you but I don't know <laughs> love it thanks so much guys it's been great really thank appreciate you. it thank you <laughs> alright that's it All right.